Welcome, once again, to the radio hour of Sam and Maggie Hate Glee, and usually it's longer than an hour, and we're not on the radio, but, you know, details, details. I'm details, Sam. details. Uh, yes, that's Sam over there. I'm Maggie, and we're coming to you with these soft, dulcet tones, uh, just to make sure that you're having the most lovely day. Yes, um, also because it's today's episode is um, season two, episode 20, Prom Queen, and it's just lots of emotions and lots lots of emotions. Lots. You know, lots lots I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, spoilers for this actual podcast episode. But hey, I like I liked this episode of Glee. I thought okay. it was okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, which I which yeah. is a fun departure from where we have been in the past few episodes. So very true. Um, yeah, I'm I'm confused. I I sure, we'll see sure. where I am at the end of this episode of the podcast but right now i'm just i'm i'm not sure what to make of it so let's talk about let's stop it. with the npr voices because i want to really hone in and be as you know natural and organic as possible for this recording which means i will be yelling during parts of it that's so. true are you saying that people that npr people aren't natural and organic I wouldn't s- listen. All I have to say is that there's a certain kind of vibe on NPR that you do have to prescribe to really all public radio that you have to prescribe to this sort of, you know, soft, uh, soft tone. Well, it's to make sure that people listening don't crash their cars. Right. For one. Yeah. And also because everyone who listens to NPR on the reg is so old, you don't want to startle anyone into some sort of medical emergency. That's a good point. Although I have to give props to, you know, the old people that listen to NPR, especially like podcast form. Like, sure. That's pretty cool. Our own parents don't listen to this podcast. Half because they don't want to. And the other half is because they don't know how. I'm fairly confident. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, the thing is, I've offered to, because our mom really likes audiobooks. And I've been like, hey, I can get you podcasts on your phone. There are tons of stuff you'd like. And she's like, oh, I don't need that. <laughs> I mean, okay. she's, she's probably not wrong. Anyway, like I was saying, we're going to talk about Prom Queen this episode. Um, prom Queen! Yes. Which is, it's a fun episode. You know, we've been building up to this sort of inevitable conclusion of who's going to be Prom Queen. Right. We have Quinn, who has been conniving for Prom Queen basically the entire time being on the show. Yes. Because that's seemingly the only reason why she was ever interested in Finn. Right. Question mark. Uh, and then we have Santana, who is seeing prom queen as an opportunity to convince everyone she's straight. Right. Uh, yeah. Not, not which, great. I mean, hey, maybe it could work. Uh, who knows? Then we have uh, Lauren, who yeah. is questing for prom queen seemingly because she misses crowns because she was in... Yes pageants i think it's also like she hopes to subvert the trope of who usually wins prom queen right yeah yeah i well, guess and then puck promised to win them the the crowns yeah you, you forgot there's a weird tradition apparently at mckinley where they all have to go for prom royalty in pairs 
for some reason. Yeah. Um, I but, don't think that's yeah. actually a thing. I don't think that's a thing no. at McKinley. It's just a choice that most of these kids have made. Hmm. Uh, Santana is going with Dave for two reasons. One, because she needs to convince people she's straight. Yep. So, and Dave well, is here yeah, and he's... willing to do that because of blackmail. Right. And <laughs> well, also, I... she hopes to get the jock vote with Dave. I was going to say, I don't know if you can say that someone is technically willing to do something because of blackmail. Because of blackmail. <laughs> yeah, that's... Hmm. But anyway, yeah, so Quinn has Finn, and then Lauren has Puck. And then, of course, um, we've never heard of these people, but there are also two other women and two... Or, well, two other girls and two other guys who are also on, yeah, on the docket, who are, I guess. Yeah, uh, people who are, we haven't even seen in the halls of McKinley. No. But there are no posters of these folks, either. They're so. not trying very hard. Um, but let's no. let's talk about this episode a little bit before we get really into it um it originally aired on may 10th 2011 with 9.29 million viewers which is up from last week which had 8.85 million um maggie who directed this episode i am looking it up okay Ugh, i just this whole prom thing doesn't make any like the prom royalty thing doesn't make any sense i i find it fun to just watch prom tropes (laughs) kind of interact because in unlike a normal show when it's the prom i feel like they actively try to not do the prom tropes because they figure people will be bored by them right yeah yeah but they do not do that on glee they're just like let's fucking lean in why not (laughs) yeah it's just uh i mean it was written by ian brennan okay and directed by eric stoltz who has directed other things sure um, let's see. Yeah, he's directed other Glee episodes. Yeah, I was going to say his name sounds familiar. I'm trying to find the ones that he's done. Dut, 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 dut. Dut, 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 dut. Here we go. I am scrolling through his Wikipedia page. What a fun time. I know, it's great. Television, Glee. So he directed duets Ooh. yep blame it on the alcohol yep and prom queen those are the ones from the second season that he directed but he's directed a bunch more also uh the ones that we haven't seen yet it looks like he directs promisaurus which is the season yes uh three prom episode Right, so. which we we telegraph a little bit in earlier episodes. I have to, I do have to legally inform people that is not this episode. They are not going no. to sing Kesha. I watched the third season way back in the past, and I mixed up these two because guess what? Prom they're is the, the same. same every fucking time. So they're the same because they are held in the exact same location as well. Like yeah. with the exact same decorations. I guess it's it would be in fiction. It could be. Like, economical for McKinley to use the same decorations, yes, but it doesn't yeah. make sense for television. No. Whatever. Well, but they wear different outfits. Every character wears a different outfit every day. So, like, are we trying to be realistic or are we trying to be flashy? Well, it's not like McKinley anyway. is providing this, these children's outfits. <laughs> no, but that's the, not how it the works. television show is, Maggie. Oh, oh. Uh, well, like, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, so... That's cool. Let's. You can put. You can really only put lipstick on a pig one way. You know. <laughs> Which one of them is the pig, Maggie? The gym is the oh, pig. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, let's get into this episode. We've already let's. recapped. We so in regards to the recap, we've already covered a lot of it because it's the prom drama. Um, 
But we also get a little bit about the Barty breakup, because if you'll remember, I think it was last week that Artie yeah. called Britney stupid, and so then they broke up, and we found that out later, I guess. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good reason to break up, because yep. Britney was like, you're the only person who hasn't called me that, and then she bounces out of their relationship. I don't... She lo- She claims to love Santana, has right. said that, um, but Santana calls her stupid all the time. Yeah, I think, I don't know. They have an interesting relationship. Um, they do. And I just, I don't, I, I don't want to dig into it too much right now because I don't sure. think we have enough evidence to like really tell us anything about it besides the fact that they both seem like they are very interested in one another and care about each other a lot. So yeah, um, so let's get let's yeah. get into the episode itself. Yeah. Uh Jacob Ben Israel, JBI, is interviewing Puck about the prom race. He's got some sort of A V lackey with a camera and he's got his microphone once again. Uh he goes up to Puck, talks about who's in the lead for being prom king and queen. I think it's Fwin. Yes it he is. He says is ahead and uh Puck responds uh by saying that they're going to use intimidation and fear to rise in the numbers. <laughs> and then JBI emasculates Puck. Yeah. By uh inferring that like Rachel ha- no R- Lauren, not Rachel. <laughs> Lauren has his balls somewhere. Right. I guess. Yeah, so just a couple things about the scene. Jacob Ben Israel's microphone has Hebrew on it, I think, which is okay. Yeah, and then, um, but yeah, there's so Puck kind of freaks out about this whole like implication that Lauren is a strong woman and like a strong member of the relationship, which is like what I thought he liked. Yeah, exactly. That was my thing. Is I thought that he was happy that she was a strong woman, but apparently, you know, we're going to rely on the really shitty toxic masculinity trope of like, oh, this dude feels like the person he's with is, you know, gaining more power. Like it's just it's stupid. It's really It's dumb. confusing because Puck has talked about how much he likes Lauren's like self-possession and possession of him right in the past. It's weird. Yeah. The next scene is Figu, Figgins will and uh, Sue are all back in Figgins' office once, once again. Yes. It's nice to sort of have a have them re- reunited. Yeah. <laughs> Sue presents Will with a fake butter spray uh, for yes. his hair as a goodbye gift because she's like, oh, you're leaving for Broadway? And Will's like, this is not happening. Can you stop, please? <laughs> um. Yeah, and then we find out the reason that we're having this meeting is because Figgins' favorite band, who is Air Supply... Air Supply! ...canceled for prom, and so he wants the New Directions to fill in. Um, we find out that Air Supply was going to be paid $400, yeah, I want, uh, because I, when when Will, Will first turns down the offer to perform at prom, because he's like, we've got nationals, we have to rehearse, even though we haven't been rehearsing. Yes, of course. Yet, and we have a lot of taffy to sell to pay for nationals. And it's like, right. wait, thought Sandy Ryerson was paying for nationals? Who fucking knows anymore? <laughs> uh, but we find out that uh, they're going to get $400 if they perform at prom, because that's what Air Supply was going to be paid. Yeah, I wonder, uh, I wonder why they canceled, you know? I guess. I wonder if they asked for more. Who knows? <laughs> Sue is really reluctant about this uh, because she thinks that New Directions will bring a sort of, I guess, like rambunctious vibe 
and she doesn't want anyone spiking her special family punch recipe. Yeah. Well, it's... This is the first mention of the punch. It's going to be like a weird side plot <laughs> the, <laughs> for the, the rest of the episode. The fun thing, I, I do like this, is that Sue tells us that not only is it a family recipe, um, the punch bowl itself is an heirloom because it's the one that her grandmother drowned in. Um, Why would you bring that to a high school prom? <laughs> like, keep that at your house where it's safe. Yes. Um, uh, then we get some real fan servicey bullshit. Yeah, Sue pulls out a list of the worst songs Glee has ever performed uh, because she doesn't want Will to reprise them right. at prom. Uh, the first one is Run, Joey, Run. And the second one is Crazy in Love slash Hair, the yes. mashup yes. that they did. Um, I don't know if those are the worst songs that Glee has ever done. <laughs> I think well, the worst song that Glee has ever done is um, the one that Quinn did with the unwed mother's connection well, i was gonna say um there's also that grease 2 reprise that uh yeah that they did earlier this season like yes yeah just there's a lot but she does also call will butt chin at the end of this scene yeah um, which of course. is fun because of the whole fact that we know that will is insecure about the way his chin looks um, is he like that's, that's what was on his shirt maggie when they i know that was on his shirt but like is he <laughs> I mean, we've kind of run out of hair gags, I guess. So Sue has to move on to new ground. She made she made the joke about like the face toilet last episode. That's true. <laughs> okay, so the next scene is uh, in the choir room with the New Direction girls. They're discussing prom yep. dresses and such. Uh, but Mercedes is upset. She because she wasn't asked, so she's not going. Yeah, and Mercedes ends up like getting up and out of the room. Well, and yeah. Rachel goes to comfort her. Well, let's, let's, there's a couple things I just want to break down real quick because Lauren is complaining about how she can't find a dress. Um, yes. and she says she'll have to make her own, which Brittany immediately says, don't you'll look poor. Um, which is <laughs> not great. Um, and then Quinn also has a line about how you can get married as many times as you want. Um, but you can but only promise once, w- once. Yes. which um, is not true. Cause there's another prom. Well, Next this is season. their Maggie. This is their junior, junior prom. prom. Yeah, and yeah. the reason that Mercedes runs out is because um, Shu writes prom on the board and informs them all they will be singing at prom. Um, and he's like, "Yeah." Well, I'll make sure that and you then all- he says like yeah. something pretty gross about how he's like, "Don't worry, you'll only have to perform a little bit. You'll still have time to dance with your dates." Yeah, exactly. Like, Ew. Yeah, he's especially like lecherous as he yes, tells yes. them this because exactly. he sort of leans forward in his chair and it, like wiggles his eyebrows and it's just like ew <laughs> like you're so gross please don't yes. talk to these children ever yeah and so then but yeah mercedes runs out rachel goes to comfort her um yes so we're in the hallway mercedes says that she just wants the quote prom experience um yeah she wants to live the prom trope full on like she wants to go with a guy who tells her that she's beautiful and asks her to dance all this stuff right and then rachel's like well you can go with me and (laughs) mercedes says that that's even sadder yes uh than not going at all yes but then rachel says don't worry i have an idea yeah um, so then, before we get to that, uh, we move to Breadsticks, where Kurt Which, and Blaine... Which, at night? Yeah, I think they're having a date night of some sort. This is, like, a weird thing with Glee, right? It's, yeah. like, the the pacing of the story is fucked. 
obviously. Yeah, well, so, so that's Because it's a Glee episode, but also, like, it jumps around in time. Yeah. If we're to believe that this is at a similar time to what just happened, like, a meanwhile kind of right. vibe, yeah. then they're getting, like, brunch at yeah. breadsticks. <laughs> or, like, early dinner. Um, but then the next scene makes less sense. Um, yeah. That's, it's true. And we're going to have to bring that up a little later in the episode because I do want to, I do want to hit that again. But, um, for right now, we are in breadsticks. Uh, Kurt is formally asking, formally asking, quote, Blaine Warbler to Junior Prom. Very cute. Yes. Uh, and then we find out about some trauma that Blaine had at his previous school where he asked the only other gay kid to the Sadie Hawkins dance Mm -hmm. and they got beat up by assholes crime crime doers yes some hate crime perpetrators yep uh and Kurt is like well if this would make you uncomfortable going to the school dance we definitely don't have to go uh but Blaine relents and they plan to go together And Kurt sees it as an opportunity to face his bullies. Yes. Um, yeah. And so then we cut back to Which the- is a oh. very clean thing to do, you know? Like, they're all about courage and sort of <laughs> taking down the people who uh, threaten violence against you. Instead or- of just ignoring them and trying to get away from them as fast as possible because they are dangerous. Yeah. Instead face them well maggie yeah put yourself in vulnerable and dangerous situations that way you can feel victorious but also a little empty inside of Um, course so let's cut back to the other thing that was happening uh rachel is bringing sam into this prom plan um we also find out that sam's birthday was last week and everyone didn't know and just forgot yeah because it was also when we found out that he was homeless so that's even worse really um yeah uh yeah okay but so, they're, yeah they're doing dime rachel loans twenty dollars to sam yeah for prom right this is confusing to me she's like listen that's not charity it's a loan i feel like just pay for it rachel yeah what are you what well i think i think glee is trying to like keep all of the people that are like super into toxic masculinity bullshit where it's like oh the man no one should ever accept charity you should only you know you know you're only getting temporary help you have to pay it back the the man has to pay for prom yeah Yeah. gross 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 just like relax and let rachel pay because her gay dads are obviously footing the bill right yeah they're very loaded um but yeah so they're stupid it does sound kind of fun though because mercedes and uh rachel are gonna go get cheap dresses from like a thrift store yeah and they're gonna make their own corsages out of uh mercedes's mom's flower garden things like that so it sounds like a fun time yeah very Um, cute uh very fun and then they're gonna go to breadsticks and get the 8.99 all you can eat pasta deal right Which sounds great also. I am starving. The (laughs) next scene is uh, the prom gown dry run. Yes. It's Tina, Brittany, uh, Lauren, Santana, and Kurt all at some unnamed location. In the school, though, specifically. Are they at at McKinley? Yeah, you can see out the door into the hallway um, at one point. How weird. I know. Well, especially because there's like a kitchen in this room, too. Um, Strange. (laughs) Um, Uh, And they are 
trying on prom dresses to show to Kurt, I guess, to like get his <laughs> approval. Yes. Brittany is also confused by that. Um, Brittany and Tina are already in their prom dresses at the beginning of the scene. Yeah. Tina in black, Brittany in this sort of really, it's like a flouncy short bright green number. Yeah, it, it's like a neon green, um, which is very good. Um, yeah, I think they both look great. But Kurt, Kurt is in an outfit I can only describe as Snowpiercer chic. It's like, yeah, <laughs> oh. there's like a vest, lots of white. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so um, first that the first dress we get to see, Lauren comes out as a quote lemon meringue pie. Yeah, um, it's this enormous uh, yellow gown. It's got. Yeah. Like a lot of ruching on the skirt. Yes, and it's huge. Like it, it's at least like four feet in diameter. Right. Which, and yeah, yeah. It also has this furred shawl <laughs> at the top of it, like this white furry shawl. And Kurt's like, hmm. Well, nobody above a size two looks good in a prom dress. It's just true. Uh, which, I mean, I don't think Tina is below a size two. So sort of rude, Kurt. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I don't think Brittany is a size two either. I think Santana might be, Rachel might be, but sizing is bullshit also. And right, yeah. it's a gnarly thing to say, TBH. <laughs> well, he does follow it up with um, saying that she should go navy rather than yellow, um, which inspires applause. Um, in, yeah. Which is, like, super weird. This whole scene I, is just kind of weird. It's very, very strange. Because, <laughs> like, I get that Kurt's fashionable, but he's a very specific kind of fashionable. Yes. Mostly in dressing himself. Right. Well, Maggie, <laughs> he's watched a lot of Project Runway, so he just knows these things, you know? Watching Project um, Runway does not make you fashionable. <laughs> anyway, so then uh, Santana comes out. She's in a sleek red number. Um, with a little bit of frilly, like flowery stuff um, up at the top over the shoulder, and sure, um, and Kurt Kurt loves, loves it. it. Yeah, he says, "Go with God, Satan, Santana." <laughs> uh, that's very fun. I like that a lot. Yes, uh, I do want to make a note. He tells Lauren to wear navy. Lauren wears like a cobalt dress later. It's not navy. I just want to Maggie, point that it out. Was dark in the room. How would you know? Uh, uh, I know. Okay. Fair enough. Kurt announces that he's going to prom with Blaine because uh, he's he talks about how he's going and everyone's like, "Oh, are you going alone, Stag? How sad!" And he's like, "No, I'm I'm going with Blaine. Obviously, uh, we're in love." And everybody claps for him again. <laughs> well, Santana pulls him aside and offers him protection from the bully whips because she sees yes. it as a very good way to increase her chances of winning prom queen. Um, she also makes a comparison oh, yes. to the Hells Angels at Altamont Speedway for the Rolling Stones, which yes, the the joke here is she says, that went totally fine, I think. So um, what what is that? Someone died. The, they, oh. Altamont Speedway was like a specific venue and the then show. Rolling Stones that went they there. Played. They hired the Hells Angels, who are a street gang, like, like yeah. a motorcycle gang. They're like gang. a biker gang. Yeah, to do their security, and someone died. Maybe multiple people. The thing is, I just remember... Damn. The, the funny thing is, the only reason I feel like I know this is because I took rock and roll history in high school, mm. which was a joke class that people took in order to like make Listen sure they did music didn't... and sleep. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I took it more seriously because I was an actual... A total nerd. Yeah, exactly. But, like, I remember this, and I I found it very funny, but the problem is that it is such a deep cut that, like, no one who's watching the show is going to get that. I mean, we already know Santana is extremely (laughs) well-read. Exactly. Last week, well, maybe a couple weeks ago, she made that joke about the Roosevelt. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, then we find out in the next scene... This bully whip stuff is pretty interesting. It's like a very, like, it's like a C plot. We'll get to it later. Yes. Puck wants uh, to be anti-prom king. Right. Uh, we find that out in the next scene, when which is never, never comes up again, by well, the way. Maggie, that phrasing. Maggie, it's in the Book of Revelation. <laughs> the anti-prom king? <laughs> yes. And then, and then the earth shall spread spew open and the pr- the anti-prom queen will rise from the ashes and i don't uh-huh. know spike some punch <laughs> which is what he enlists Artie to do he wants Artie to spike the punch because he knows he's going even though britney has abandoned him because they're broken up or whatever right uh, and Artie refuses because he still wants brit back and he wants to focus on doing that yeah the the only and thing he enlists puck's help for that yeah the the other thing is um, Puck describes what his plan is to spike the punch. So we actually see this. They they have like a cutaway to oh, yes. this plan where Puck is trying to seduce uh, Sue. Sue. And then in the background, Artie, Artie is spiking the punch bowl. But there are random extras just standing around lifeless like mannequins, which is... <laughs> Well, because Puck's not, like, imaginative enough to really flesh out the scene, you know? He puts bodies in the seats, but in his mind palace, but he doesn't really make them move around or do anything. (laughs) Oh, that should have been a plot in Sherlock. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's not like Sherlock cares about what other people do, right? So in his mind palace, everyone would just... Stand around. Stand around like mindless drones, and then you'd see one woman in a red dress passing by. Okay. <laughs> okay All right. Yes. So we're only 10 minutes into the episode. I wrote that in my notes because I was like, oh, God, we've done so much already. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's let's go to the next scene where we get our first song of the episode. Oh, my God. This scene is amazing. <laughs> Rachel's in the auditorium. Yes. Uh, she's got a piano, and there's a giant star. Right. Uh, like stage piece. Yes. on stage it is like it's like a wooden star outline that has lights all around it yep so that it can light up it is amazing i'd love to stand in the center of that <laughs> yes well and it's it's for prom the av club is painting it black um and rachel sings rolling in the deep because um she's practicing it for prom she wants the yeah. av club's you know take as to whether she was outstanding or just you know really good um the the av club does join in yes okay so i have to point out this is the most bullshitty thing that glee has ever done because yeah they it's sing, pretty not it's like gotta be non-diegetic right well see they sing the background lines and no one knows what those are no, no one who has ever heard that song has been like oh yeah those people in the back are saying something about crying like no no um, no, you're only ever focusing on Adele. Right, exactly. Obviously. Um, uh, yeah. Jesse is here. Jesse St. James yes. appears out of fucking nowhere. It's so <laughs> great. Rachel's like sings the first couple lines, and then Jesse just sort of bursts in and yes. starts singing. Yes. It's so 
good. Rachel's micro expressions during the song are also great. Like she's sort of like, oh, Jesse's here. I well, I have to keep singing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a pro. Um, but yeah, they sing the song. It's you know, it's the power duo, so it's very good. Um, so, yeah, Saint Barry's palpable drama is where this show shines you know like (laughs) when they don't shy away from the sort of theatrical ridiculousness true that's where glee does its best work i think fair enough i I, and obviously jonathan groff just has a nice set of pipes on him so it's nice to have some of that back too um but so they only say hello when the song ends right (laughs) like the song ends and jesse's and uh rachel's like jesse hello (laughs) Like I said, they're pros, Maggie. It's so Um, great. (laughs) But so after the song is done, we find out that Jesse flunked out of college because he didn't have, quote, an Asian kid to take scientific for him like he did at Carmel. Yeah, he just stopped going to classes at UCLA because he was on like a show choir scholarship. Yeah. He's like, I thought I would only have to do show choir. Oh, my God. It's not the case. No. Uh, So he's flunked out of college and he's back in Lima because... That's what he's okay, doing. See, that's there's no reason for him to be in Lima. He's just here. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like because Carmel isn't in Lima. I think it's in a neighboring town. Yeah, it has to be right because they haven't competed at sectionals or yeah. re- like they competed at regionals once, but they didn't this year. Oh, God. that's very strange. Uh, he tells Rachel that he came back to see her because he's really remorseful about what he's done and that he traded love for a fourth national title. And he's like, it wasn't worth it. A first one, maybe, but not a fourth. <laughs> I love it so much. And then Rachel comments on how weird it was, like the turn from him telling him that he loved her to egging her head. Right. Yeah, well, uh, which I get is that Ian Brennan as the writer commenting on like the artistic choice that a different writer made, or like honestly, at this point, it might even be one that he made. Maybe they're just like, you know, we made some weird choices last season, we got rid of some characters that are actually really good and also are good at singing. We why did we do that? That didn't make but any sense. It's not like Jonathan Groff has the time for Glee. Right. He has other things to do. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, but so Jesse says he wants to make it up to her and he mentions prom. And then we cut yes. to a relevant conversation. We're in the oh, hallway. This conversation is disgusting. Like yes. Finn has finally decided to talk to Rachel about anything, I right, guess. Yeah. Like they're not they're not really like friendly right now. They're not talking about anything but Rachel's appearance. Right. And uh he Finn describes how he's dubious of Jesse's intentions. Yep. And it's like he's taking you to prom? Ugh. Right. And uh yeah. Rachel basically responds by being like, Listen, I'm cool with you and Quinn being really disgusting all the time. So I appreciate you not butting into my life right uh please stop talking to me about quinn and prom right well so so here's the thing so rachel reminds finn that he doesn't get to tell her what to do um yeah. which reminds finn that he can't let go of rachel ever for some Ugh. reason he he has to keep some weird gross clutch on her um, yeah even, even though, though he's yeah. told her over and over again he's like i'm letting you go for your own good so right. you can go be a star 
Yes. Um, so he starts whining about But also prom. don't date Jesse St. James because I'm masculine and gross. Yeah. Um, he, he's whining about prom. Um, and then to shut him up, Rachel is like, here, I know what color Quinn's eyes are. Oh, um, yeah. That bit where she's like, <laughs> get Quinn a green corsage so that it matches her eyes. And it's like, okay, Rachel. <laughs> Yes. I get that you're very entranced by Quinn's beauty, but did you have like a fantasy where you bought this corsage for Quinn? And then you guys went to prom together and then you spent the rest of your lives together? Who knows? Um, Who knows? <laughs> they're in love. So, yeah, the conversation overall is pretty annoying because it's like now that Rachel has someone in her life, Finn is suddenly really possessive and right. yeah. horrible because he is a man. The next scene is a bully whips interlude. It's Santana walking uh, Kurt to class. Yeah. Part of the reason why the bully whips are doing this, and Santana has voiced this plenty of times, is because public support of... Uh, non-bullying and gay kids is sure to win her the vote. That is what is she, that what she is convinced of. Yes, I don't know where she got those polling numbers, but she needs to reevaluate. Um, yeah, the she, she's the Law and Order candidate. I know. Well, that's she loudly says this as she's walking Kurt down the hallway to prove that um, I'm the Law and Order candidate. <laughs> but I'm uh, like Eva Perone. <laughs> Teen gay. The way is clear. Uh, you may now proceed to class unharmed. <laughs> it so I didn't actually write down the main notes about the scene. I think Santana makes fun or like Karofsky doesn't know how to do radio talk with. The, yeah, like, he's yeah. got like a walkie-talkie uh, because he's on some other part of the school. Also in his bully whips get up, which yeah. if you recall is a beret and uh, bomber jacket, both in red satin. Yes, and. He's, like, surveying the scene to see if there's, like, anti-gay protests. Yeah, like, I don't... So, once again, I have to refer us back to, like, Bert's comment when Kurt came back. When he's like, if you take all the water out of the ocean, it won't be wet anymore. It won't be wet. The the main bullier was Karofsky. So, like... (laughs) I think the other main bullier is Azimio. Right, yeah. But he's not in this episode at all. No. So... Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, Karofsky on the walkie-talkie is sort of cute. Like, Santana being like, you gotta say over when you're finished talking. And Karofsky's <laughs> like, I didn't know that, over. Or something like that. It's stupid. Yes. The next scene is Barty. Um, it's a Barty scene. We're in home ec, and Brittany is examining an egg. Uh, trying to determine, like, whether it's, like, morally ethical to break an egg. Because isn't it a baby chicken's home? And what right. makes it not a baby chicken's home? Right, exactly. Very alien. Uh, yeah. Well, that's... So, the that's the problem here is that um, she she says, is this an egg with a chicken, a baby chicken in it? Or is it an egg with an egg in it? To which she yeah. just says, they're the same thing. And Brittany says, that's really confusing. <laughs> Which I agree. Yeah, she's not wrong. Um, I also There's wanted a lot of egg talk this episode. Did you notice that? I guess because like the the Jesse egging yes. gets brought up a couple times, but then there's this home ec egg scene. It's strange. Yeah, it just seemed very alien to me, which is appropriate. Um, the other thing is, did you notice? Uh, so Artie calls like speaks to the teacher when he rolls in in just a second, but yes. he call- apparently her name is Mrs. Hagberg. Yeah. That's 
Like kind of mean name, you, Ian Brennan. Did you have to? Like I don't think Just you had to. Just name her a normal people name. Uh, but instead yeah. of calling her a hag. Right. Which um yeah. So anyway, Artie then uh, arrives to a policing uh, propose. D- there, before oh. the song begins, yeah. Kurt does have like a weird, strange tangent about like foie and learning how to make pate before he graduates from high school. Right. Yeah. Well, apparently they're making cupcakes, so that's he he's unsatisfied. He just finished watching Great British Baking Show. <laughs> Kurt only gets his knowledge from reality television shows. So um, well, but it's not like it's not like they make foie on. G- gbbo because Maybe. it's too it's much too heinous you have to like overfeed a goose it's it's horrible maybe he watches chopped instead i don't know um totally uh yeah so maybe he's just really missing dalton's kind of bougie prissy <laughs> classes well, that he never actually took right physically. exactly yeah only so- in only in blaine's mind palace <laughs> I, I have to say, Blaine's uh, Blaine's ability to control the puppets in his mind palace is much more impressive than Puck's. Well, of um, course. Well, he's got multiple brains going all at once. Right. So, uh, uh, Artie arrives to Apollo Singh propose um, with Isn't She Lovely? Uh, which... As Mercedes Merce- cuts in right before it starts and is like, isn't this song about a baby? <laughs> Which it is. If you listen to the lyrics, it's very clear that that is exactly what the song is about. Um, the other Glee boys join in with instruments. Um, Mike has a cheese grater and a wooden spoon. And Would you call Finn having two sticks an instrument? I mean, I feel like it's offensive to like real drummers to say that drumsticks <laughs> aren't a part of the instrument. But in the case of Finn, no. Like when they're in Finn's hands, they're a pair of sticks. Exactly. No, that's mean too. Like <laughs> Finn's one good talent is being able to play the drums. Sure. Sure, sure. Um but yeah, so uh they sing it. Brittany seems a little flustered by this, um, which is understandable. She's flustered, but she then enjoys it. Like she's right. clapping and smiling. Yes. And at the end of the song, she does turn Artie down. Right. Because uh, Artie like, asks her to prom and asks her to get back together. And Brittany's like, nope, sorry. Got to focus on myself and I'm just going to dance with everybody else's dates. Yep. Well, and I, I also wrote down a note that I like, thank God for this. Because honestly, I am so done with Artie's pickup artist bullshit. This idea of like, oh, I'm going to propose to someone in public. So that way they have to say yes. Like... Eat I mean, dick. Brittany doesn't understand social conventions. I know, which in is, that way, exactly. It's very good. Um, but yeah, so as Artie is, Artie agrees to spike the punch. Yes, yep, because he is sad. Yep. Um, so then let's move on to the next. Thing. So yeah, we're getting into some weird stuff because I believe when Finn was having the gross conversation with Rachel earlier, where he was trying to hold on to her, um, he implied that prom was that night. But this I, definitely is happening this night, right? Well, no. We know from Mercedes that it is this Saturday. She oh. said that at the beginning of the episode. Okay. When, so this is the Friday. Did, yes, it must be. Okay. Okay. That makes more and, sense now. Uh, we're in the Hummel home. Yes. Finn is there because he lives there. Uh, and Blaine is there also. They're all like sitting on... They're, the Blaine and Finn are, are sharing a couch. Yes. And... 
I think Bert is hanging pictures or something. No, I think he just walks over to the um to like an easy chair across the way from them. He does end up doing that and they yeah. like have a little chat yes. about like getting fifty percent off on tuxes, that sort of thing. Yep. And then Kurt arrives to showcase his tux oh, kilto. Be- before we get there, oh, yeah. Blaine is like, so it's all right if I jam with you guys at prom? Right. Yeah. This is so later Blaine will sing at prom. You have to understand Alone. this this single line is the only setup we get for the whole reason that someone who is not in the glee club would get to is sing performing. at prom. Yeah. yeah. Um very weird. Yes. But uh Kurt arrives to showcase his tux kilto. Um, and Finn says that he likes it, which is nice. Yeah, he calls it gay Braveheart. Yes. Which is nice. I don't know if anyone actually wears a kilt in, Brave- in Braveheart. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, uh, but I'm pretty sure they do. Bert uh, is just like, you just want to stir the pot. That's why you're wearing this. Yeah. Well, so Bert and Blaine, I wrote down, seems to think that it is too much. And that, in a way, Kurt is kind of, in quotes, asking for it. Because... They they say, oh, we respect your you know your right to be an individual and be yourself. I mean, yourself. that's not really what Blaine says. Well, Blaine's he agrees. Just nervous. With- yeah, he Blaine agrees with Bert after Bert says all this stuff about like they're bad people. Ju- yeah, it, it, like, that you just want to draw attention to yourself. Yeah, and Kurt's like, well, yeah, that's what dressing up is about. That's what fashion <laughs> is. Right. Yeah. Is like being noticed and having a good time. Right. Uh, Blaine seems reasonably uncomfortable with drawing attention to themselves right because he got Beat up. beaten up yeah at the last dance he did this where where he went with a uh, another man right so i understand like uh blaine's feelings about it but he ends up being fine with what kurt's wearing anyway right like, yeah there's no conflict no yeah so kurt does also announce that he will be wearing this to prom because he made it and he spent a lot of time on it and i guess bert's comment is just to make like people who'd be uncomfortable with the outfit feel like they had a voice i guess in the episode yeah it's just i the thing is maybe it's because now we're in 2018 but like this tux kilto is dope Dope as hell. And it's like, also like super modest because yeah, Kurt's legs are covered completely. Exactly. Like usually when you think of a man wearing a kilt, you think of some. You either think of like Scottish or Irish tradition, or you think no, of no no underwear. You yeah. think that they're free balling. Those exactly. are the two things you think of. <laughs> exactly, and it's just <laughs> I don't think either of those things about Kurt in this outfit because he's no. wearing a tuxedo on the top, and he's also wearing like pants underneath. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, not like loose pants, by the way. They're like, they look like fancy socks or something. Right. I, they, it's His legs are covered. Yes. And also, it's just part of this is I think what Glee is trying to uh, imply here is that Kurt is wearing a kind of dress. Except um, it looks very masculine. Exactly. That's the thing. Is this, <laughs> like, kilts are traditionally very masculine. So I don't this know why. This is one why. of the most masculine things we've seen Kurt wear. Exactly. In general. Yeah. So I just, I don't understand why Glee tried to make this a big thing. There is a little bit of what I thought they were was a little bit of ha- uh, foreshadowing. Because Kurt insists that he's wearing this because he worked really hard on it. And he doesn't care what other people think. Um, yes. Uh, then we get to the next scene. It's... Kurt is still in this one. Yep. But uh, he is being walked to co- uh, class at McKinley by Karofsky. Yes. 
he is wearing red in this scene. I think it's to match the bully whips sure. outfit. Yeah. You know, I think he went in with that plan because he knew the bully whips were just going to be ferrying him around. Yep. Might as well lean in. Yeah. So um, they get to French class um, where Kurt, before they go in, Kurt uh, points out to Dave that homophobia is, if not dead, at least in hiding, because no one has said boo to him this week, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean, um, which uh, then Dave has a breakdown. He Yeah, well, Kurt tells Dave that he pities him yes. for not being able to like be his true self. Right. And Dave cries, and... Yes. Takes off his hat. He his hair is sweaty underneath, and apologizes to Kurt for what he has done. And it seems genuinely remorseful. Yes, um, uh, it yeah. does seem that way. The only thing that I put down, the only thing for me is that this also seems like it's kind of sudden, in a way. Like it, yeah, it does. Uh, but I, I mean, Karofsky has had a change of heart, right? You Which, know, I think yeah. having somebody in his life who around him a lot Santana who knows that he's gay and is like okay with it is helping him yeah I wish we saw more of that like I wish we had more of an any kind of like they, build up to they this, danced together but, at prom but that's after this Maggie I suppose <laughs> like the thing is this apology to me just feels like it kind of comes out of nowhere because the last time we saw Kurt and David interact David was very resistant to kind of like it, it still seemed like David was very. This was in the office when Kurt was yes, was thinking about coming like, back. Like asked th- asked for them to be alone. Right. Um. It like it just didn't feel like I don't know. This just feels abrupt to me. Maybe sure. it's maybe it's because I am unwilling to like let this character have a change of heart. But it would have been nice to have some build up to this idea that he feels really bad about what he's done. Um. But whatever. It's fine. Um. So let's move to the next scene. I uh, think he does feel bad because he's being a bully whip. Well, you know, yeah, I guess that's true. Like that, I f- it, it it's is sort of his arbitration to yeah what he's done in a way. I guess that makes sense. Could be I, seen that way. The yeah. next scene is Finn. Uh, well, it's Finn pre prom. Yes. We we are at Quinn's house. She is doing up her herself for prom and there's like a moment where she's just staring at herself in her vanity mirror very rachel berry and she pulls a like a tiara out of nowhere and plops it on her head and just sort of admires herself well for a couple seconds because this we also get a cutaway of her imagining her victory with oh yes that little cutaway it's so great finn is there as meat of course um but quinn looks beautiful uh, but they're wearing the crowns that we will see later um she then descends from the heavens to interrupt some small talk about cummerbunds um and she looks beautiful um she does she's in baby blue yes it's a floor length number Yes. With a bejeweled top, and I think it was probably a strapless dress that they altered uh, yeah. for the show, because it has like these sort of spindly, tooly uh, sleeves sure. to yeah. it. Uh, Quinn's mom, who we do, we've seen her before. Yes. She's the one who, uh, who dumped her dad after she after he kicked Quinn out of the house. So like, Well, yeah. her, his mistress had tattoos. That's true. I forgot about that part. <laughs> uh, she's very excited and like takes pictures of this straight cup, white couple. Right. The next scene well, is Jesse, Maggie, Rachel. Maggie, do you mind if we? What? I had one thing to say. We see the cummerbund that um, 
Finn bought oh. for Quinn. It is. Oh, you you don't mean cummerbund. Sorry, uh, corsage. Corsage. That is the word I'm thinking of. The corsage. Yes, <laughs> no, he got her a cummerbund to put over her dress. I love that. <laughs> sort of, sort of with the dress billowing on top and bottom. <laughs> Muffin topping on top and bottom. Yeah. Just yeah. Um. Anyway, so he got her a corsage that has a green ribbon, which we to do point out. It, but also, did you notice? I'm pretty sure Quinn's eyes are brown. Um. <laughs> Like, they might be hazel. Okay. It's just, I just thought it was funny because when they say, when you say you're going to give someone something green to match their eyes, I assume it's because okay, their eyes are I green. I am looking up Diana Aragon right now to see what color her eyes are. That doesn't necessarily indicate Quinn's eye color because, right. yeah. you know, she's a character or whatever, but I want to make sure. Diana Aragon. We're going to go to images here. Wow. She's so pretty. <laughs> Who are you, Rachel? <laughs> You're the prettiest girl that's ever been alive, ever. They look hazel to me, but definitely leaning towards brown. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I don't know. Compliments her eyes, maybe, would have been a better... Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so, uh, but yeah, so let's move to the next scene. Sorry, I, I just had to get that out of me, because I, I saw it, and I was just... Ugh. It burns inside my soul. Very, very confused, confusing for you. Yes. The next scene is uh, at Breadsticks. It's the group date that's happening. Jesse, Rachel, Sam, and Mercedes. Uh, Mercedes is in a bright fuchsia. Rachel is in a light uh, pink, mm-hmm. uh, like sort of taffeta thing. Sam has a bolo tie, and <laughs> yep. his hair is not beebsed at all. It's like a little bit longer and swept to the side. Yeah. Uh, and Jesse is in a navy suit with a navy shirt and a navy tie and a corsage to match Rachel's dress. Yes. Um, yeah, so... So that's what everybody's wearing. That's yeah. the style watch. Glee prom style watch. Yeah, so um, we find out that Rachel told Jesse about Sam's uh, family situation. Oh, this which... bit is fucked up. Yeah. Sam asks about, like, asks Jesse about his bolo tie, and yeah. Jesse's like, yeah, it's sh- it sure is something. And then it's like, hey, Sam, I'm sorry about what, what you're going through. And Rachel's like, oh, I-, I hope it was okay that I told Jesse everything. Well, and then... like what well, are the, you talking about the Rachel. worst the worst part is that immediately after that jesse says of course it's okay like to cut sam off it's like of course it's okay i <laughs> i apparently have every right to know everyone's intimate details about their lives um, at least they're like definitely meant for each other you know <laughs> yes um but so jesse then goes into this whole thing where he announces he's going to start a business uh, consulting show choirs because the economy is bad or something. Oh yeah, like he can't he can't get a job as a singing waiter at Johnny Rockets. Yeah, that is what he mentioned specifically. Uh, and he, I mean he is a college dropout, right. so yeah, sure. Uh, he wants to start his own business as an entrepreneur because that's the only thing you can do and be successful in this economy. Rachel is pumped about this idea she's like yes. wow i can't believe you flunked out of college you're a genius well my favorite part about this scene is that it cuts between rachel like fawning over jesse and mercedes and sam just not having it like yeah they're just sort of they've got very skeptical looks on their faces where they're just like huh yeah. all right <laughs> oh think about how fun this group date would have been if jesse wasn't there like what no it's fun with him there 
<laughs> it's fun with him there because you get to watch these two people say ridiculous bullshit. Well, Maggie, I meant for the participants. I meant for Sam and Mercedes, oh. not for us. I feel um, like if I was Sam or Mercedes, I would still be having a good time. Well, okay. you, you've got what you've got one other person to like sort of suffer with you. That's you know, true. like it's yeah. not just you by yourself. It was if it was just Rachel, Mercedes, and Jesse. Oh, now God. that's bad. Yeah, that's really bad. Mercedes um, would Mercedes would have imagined Jesse pulling a little purse out of his mouth. <laughs> um, but so no, so then Quinn and Finn arrive to their table where Quinn asks them to vote for them for prom well, she's, king and queen. She's very regal about it, you know. Yes. She takes her popularity with a lot of responsibility, and she goes up to the, up to them and is like, "Everyone looks so great. Don't forget to vote for me for prom queen, <laughs> Quinn Fabray." <laughs> and uh, then Finn says some hilarious shit. Uh, not purposefully hilarious like from like i don't think finn meant it to be right no this much of a joke but it is very funny to watch jesse and finn butt heads well yeah that's i I wrote down that finn lands a real zinger on jesse oh Um, yes he says something about like oh did you order scrambled eggs at this pasta restaurant but I, the best part, is, yeah, he's like, did you order scrambled eggs? I thought you preferred your eggs smashed on people's heads. And then I was just like, did it take you like a couple days to come up with that one? Champ? Oh, it did. Like, like he, because he mentioned the egg stuff when he talked to Rachel before. Exactly. So he, this was on his brain. He, this was on his mind. He knew what he was going to say the second he saw Jesse. Uh, Jesse ignores Finn completely and talks to Quinn. He's like, yes. Quinn, you look beautiful. If you get bored by your date. Come to me, I'll dance with you. Well, the better part, he doesn't say if you get bored. He says if you get tired of your of your date stomping oh, yes. on your feet Stepping all night. Stomping on your toes. <laughs> he, he not wow. only hits on Quinn, he also insults Finn's dancing, which, as we know, is the only thing about Finn's life that makes him insecure. So, oof. It's very Woo. good. It's sort of interesting how the Born This Way episode really just pointed out, like, some of the characters' biggest, like, fears. Yes. Um... And insecurities, and then just now we know them. So every scene where somebody gets hit with those things, it's more punching. Exactly. It's like it's almost like good writing. So <laughs> let's move to the big event, prom. We uh, open on prom by seeing Clayne, Santana, and Dave, and New Direction, uh, New Directions, and then a cool shot of the gym from above the disco ball it's like basically where the ceiling would be we see all these ribbons going up to it it's sort of reminiscent of um like the one the it's only one shot but it is reminiscent of that like uh reception hall right before emma's failed wedding or right after emma's failed wedding do you know what i'm talking about yeah that was a good shot I, i feel like this could have that was a good artistic choice that they made <laughs> then. True, yeah. This is sort of a half-assed one. <laughs> yes. Um, well, the best part is all of this is also underlaid by the performance of Friday. Yes, we the prom opens with just like the intro music that sounds sort of familiar, but you can't really place it because it's not the exact instrumentation of the original song. Right. It's not. It's, it's not, real instruments this time. It's not shitty, weird, auto-tune bullshit. It's real instruments. And then we get the singing, which is also 
Yeah, it's questionable. It's Puck singing. I actually really like it. It's It's, Puck, Sam, and Artie. They all perform it together. Yes. And they lean into the meme hard. Like, they're so genuine and, like, here for it. It's great. Even when when they start, like, listing the week dates, like, they're just like... (laughs) Yesterday was Thursday. I was just like, yes, yes. That's that's the best part. Everyone kind of like loses their minds about this performance. Like everyone's having a good time. They're all dancing. Um, But at the end of it, like kind of reminiscent of the Justin Bieber bullshit. um, All of the girls who are at prom are like screaming and leaning over, like trying to touch. Listen, if I saw like a live performance of Friday, I think I would probably have a similar reaction <laughs> just because it's a fun song. And like everyone and their mom has heard it because it's one of the worst songs that was ever produced or whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I, part of it, when you were saying that, like you hear the opening music and you can't write, qu- can't quite place it. The problem is I've listened to so much bad music on YouTube that <laughs> I immediately placed this one and just stared at the person I was watching with to see when he would get it. Um, and when, when did he get it? How long did it take? Did um, it take until like the opening lines or was it further than that? It was about where the chorus, like the, the Friday bit actually was. <laughs> oh my which... God. <laughs> I, I'm jealous of that uh, that naivete. naivete. Yeah. Uh, Brittany nearly breaks Mike's back yeah. <laughs> during this song because as she has purported a couple times this episode, she's just going to dance with other people's dates at prom. Yeah. Uh, so she's dancing with Tina and Mike, sort of. Yes. And uh like jumps on mike and mike is like whoa i'm gonna put well, you down the the best part is it's not like piggyback no 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 she jumps it's, on his it's front. piggyback from the front yeah well piggy front maggie most people i think refer to that as sexual <laughs> sure but um the other sort of a standing straddling yes sitch. but uh, let's call it piggy front i like that a lot <laughs> Um, uh, another in the, oh in in like erotic smut. Uh, I want to read. She jumped piggy front. <laughs> on, Caress me while I jump while I hold your while piggy I jump front. piggy front. Well, that and you know that makes a lot of sense because it's the hog. Come on, piggy front me. <laughs> oh, gross. Um, <laughs> but uh, the other fun scene already does the oh. rap <laughs> in yes. the song. The the other fun scene from the montage of all the things we see during this song, um, Santana sees someone wearing the same dress as her. Oh, yes. Like some random extra walks by in the same dress. Which is very good. Such um, a, like a short, stupid joke. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, we, we see a lot of what I called the importance, which are uh, Quinn and Finn, Rachel and Clayne. Jesse, Clayne. Um, Mercedes is sitting at a table, you know, that stuff. Because Sam's singing. Yep. Duh. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. The next scene is going to really change the mood here. Because the audience is fucking pumped about Friday. Which, of right. course, it is a crowd pleaser, a mood upper. A real, a real a... the slapper. Yeah, totally. Now we're going to take a real downturn. Into Jar of Hearts by right. Rachel Berry. Okay. Is that the name of the song? It is. Because that's what I wrote down. It's Jar of Hearts. Um, This is a weird song to sing at prom, huh? Oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> weird. Like, it's a slow song, which is normal for prom, right. I think. But 
why not a love song? Yeah. This is a this is a sad breakup song. Yeah, why not sing like love or something? You know, you like like why why would you well I mean obviously we know why. She stares at Finn for the entire song. So Was the, this song was popular? I think so. At this time, but like not that popular. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um yeah, so during this... She does almost cry while singing, too. Like, she's all teared up. <laughs> which is like, hey, dude, you're bringing the room down hard. Well, Good luck to the next person who sings. Yeah, well, before we get to that, um, Kurt and Blaine are commenting on oh, yeah. Santana and Karofsky. There's someone Santana and Karofsky. Well, because but, yeah. Blaine says something about it. It's like, oh, it's so nice to see inclusivity at prom because we see Becky with her date... Who yeah. is also someone with, with Downs? Yes. Yep. I guess. Yep. Even though we don't know this person's name, we've never met the character before. And I don't think we're ever going to see them again. Um, Who knows? But uh, no, I think Kurt says that. And then Blaine says, oh, yeah, there's someone for everyone. And then Kurt says, well, except for some people. And then they see. Well, even if it, well oh, he yeah. says, even if it's fake. And that's when we see Santana <laughs> and Dave dancing yeah. together. Uh, then. Uh, Mercedes' fantasies fulfilled. Yes. Yeah. Sam, Sam comes Sam up to her, tells her that she's pretty, and asks her to dance, which is exactly how she choreographed the fantasy <laughs> yes. for Rachel earlier the epi- in the episode. Yes. And then um, and then we move to Puck, who is do starting- you think, like, oh. Ian Brennan is like, that's good writing, folks. You tell them exactly what you're going to do, and then you do it. I like- mean, in some cases it is. And sometimes, you know what, Glee? It's what I need. I need you to tell me what you want and then do it. And then I, yeah, I feel fulfilled I do, a little I bit. Think, yeah, I do appreciate the transparency of some parts of this episode. But then there's other parts that come so far out of left field right. that were not choreographed at all. Right. Um, yeah, let's let's keep keep going so that we can get to those parts. Yes. Tora, Tora, Tora. It's time to spike the punch. <laughs> uh, Puck yells that at yes. uh, Artie, and Artie goes over, and he's you know trying to be covert about it as Puck approaches Sue. Right. Uh, well, so the best part is, as I was watching this, I paused it to write down a note about how he's trying to get Sue to dance to no music, and then the when I restarted, me, Sue literally says. Puck is like, let's dance, and Miss Sylvester, or he's like, let's dance, Miss Sylvester, and she's like, to no music? Uh, (laughs) Which I thought was pretty good. Um, But yeah, she catches Artie spiking the punch. She does, and then she takes him back to her office and threatens dental torture (laughs) if he does not tell her, like, who put him up to it. Right. Um, Yeah, well... Which, okay, that is my least favorite form of torture because I am, I don't like dentists anyway. Sure. But dental pain is some of the most excruciating pain you can go through, and dental torture freaks me the fuck out. So That's, yeah, fair enough. Fair I enough. mean, but- I do like the scene. I think it's pretty hard hitting. It is ridiculous that this teacher is threatening to pull out Artie's molars. Well, that's so that's the best part is that this scene starts in Sue's office with her pulling out like a briefcase and then opening it and Artie's like, "What are you going to do or what are those?" And then she those? takes out like a roll of something and yeah. he's like, "What are those?" And then she opens it up and she's like, "Oh, they're just my dental tools." <laughs> Um, just so yeah. It's, this scene is is actually so good. It's it's really is, good. This scene is very good. Um, and yeah. uh, and uh, Artie's like, well, you can't pull out my teeth. You can't do that to me. And Sue's like, oh well, you know, sometimes 
extreme oral pain can happen when you're just examining someone's teeth. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. he's like, what kind of dentist do you go to? And she says, Sue Sylvester, DDS. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> that is like what, that's what I want from Sue is that sort of level of ridiculousness. Yes. But more often, we need more Sue back in the show because the other villains that they try to have, not even villains, the other like antagonists, opposers, yeah. antagonists that they try to have are just, we've talked about it a couple weeks ago, are just straw men that don't really make much sense. Right. And if they do, then it's racist and offensive. <laughs> yes. Well, and so, yeah, um, the the gist of this scene, Artie is refusing to uh, give up Puck, um, and he says that he just wants to go dance with Brittany, um, which frustrates <laughs> Sue because she says, I'm interrogating you, and you, t- you just told me the one thing that you want. You're, really You're the worst POW ever. <laughs> well, yeah, and then she does have the line about how John McCain is rolling over in his grave, which is, I mean, at the time it was a fun joke. Nowadays it's a little... I mean, but everybody yeah. dies, right? That's true. So they knew he was going to die at some point when they wrote that joke. <laughs> That's true. He wasn't he's dead at the dead time. Yet, yeah, he's not dead yet, we should say. He's John also... McCain is still alive right. as of this recording. Yes. The uh, next scene is another song. Hooray. They packed them all in at prom. Yes. It's I'm Not Gonna Teach Your Boyfriend How to Dance. Yes. It's by Blaine, which makes it's sense. It's by Blaine. Um, I, I'm always happy to see Darren Chris sing yes. because I love Darren Chris. And I guess, I suppose, I have a certain fondness for Blaine, even though he's definitely some sort of malevolent <laughs> creature. I mean, uh, he does create a lot of the drama that I need for for this to be entertaining to watch. Me so. too. But does he create it with, like, do, you can you know the artist didn't intend right. for him to be what he <laughs> is. Became and is, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he sings Not Going to Teach Your Boyfriend How to Dance. Um, he's very expressive, as yes. he normally is while he sings, with his eyes wide open. Maybe it's like him not being in a warbler uniform, but he seems to be ha- having even more of a good time. Yeah. Uh, he does some jumping and uh, sings real loud with a really wide mouth. Britt and Tina are on backup. Yep. Uh, yep, and... Like we said before, their prom dresses are bright green and shorter. With She's got like a red underskirt, too, yeah. um, on Brittany. And then uh, Tina is wearing a long black number that has, I think, some sort of like corset uh, like yeah. some, uh, threading red... at the front yeah. in, in red ribbon. Yeah. They're both pretty dresses. I think they fit their characters pretty well. So good costuming yes. all you, around. You forgot Brittany has a little hat. Too. Oh little... yes, of course, the little fascinator. Yes, but um. Anyway, so we see all of the couples, all the established couples, um, having fun dancing, um, until Finn, um, looking, you oh, know, damn. staring at Jesse and Rachel because that's all he does. This um, part is great. I think this is when Quinn is like, "This is all I've ever wanted. Thanks for dancing with yes. me." Yes. <laughs> yes. And then Finn, um, no, I think that's that during Jar of Hearts, but this is. Like, basically right after that. Yeah. And uh, Finn notices that Jesse is, like, I guess, sort of leaning in to Rachel. Yeah, he's... He's kind of like... Is he kissing her neck? I think so. I I wrote down that Jesse is getting a little necky. Yeah, he's definitely... his, His face is close to Rachel's neck. Yes. And Rachel is, like, laughing and smiling. Yes. So... 
good for her. You know, she's just having a good time with Jesse, who they're definitely suited for each other. So whatever. So, yeah, Finn comes over and tells them to, quote, keep it PG. Oh, my God. That part. Ugh. And he's, like, kind of muscling over, yeah. sort of slumped, like, who get your hands off her? Right. It's Which... so horrible. And then Jesse responds with another zinger, another great line, where he's like, keep it YB. Keep out of, of uh, or... keep it in, your, in YB, your business. Yes. Like, yeah, and it's... Uh, so stupid. Which, yeah, so then this prompts a fight, which we have seen yeah. this happen before. They fight the only way they know how, by shoving. It gets physical pretty fast, but it's not that physical. Like, <laughs> no. It's just sort of shoving back and forth, and there's a, a ring around them where everybody has stopped dancing and sort of yes. moved out of their way. And Blaine doesn't notice at all. He, nope. Definitely keep singing. We get a couple shots of him uh, as the fight goes down where he's just like looking at people in the audience, like pointing and singing. Right. It's so great. Well, yeah. And so um, the we Rachel and Quinn are kind of like standing by the side, kind of doing the like, you know, uh, my boyfriend is in a fight kind of thing. Like, I feel like there's yeah. a tropey kind of. Oh sure, like just... like don't don't hurt him, Finn. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so then, but uh, really, it'd be more like don't hurt him, Jesse. Right. Which we we get a little cutaway to Becky coming to Sue's office to say, Coach Sylvester, there's a code blue. She's in the process. She has like a yeah. tool in Artie's mouth. Yes. <laughs> so that's good. Um, but so then uh, Sue arrives. And um, right as the song ends, Finn she kicks throws... him. Yeah, well, they're out. Well, Finn throws a punch at Jesse, which Jesse does dodge. It's the only punch I think I've ever seen anyone throw on this show. But <laughs> Finn, uh, Jesse dodges no, it, I think, and Sue I throws think him out. He punched Puck. Oh, you're right. I think he did punch Puck. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, shoving just won't get the job done sometimes, you know. Um, but yeah, so uh, Sue throws them out. Doesn't care. Doesn't. Doesn't care yep. about Quinn's she's bullshit. Just like, yeah, she's... you're out. Bye, boys. Yep. Uh, Quinn is like, no, but I need him. And she's like, you should have thought of that before this. <laughs> yep. Um, and then... Uh, so we see Quinn's prom royalty dreams crumble before her. Yes. Well, and so the weird thing about this scene, they like they all, they get escorted out, and then it fades into the prom royalty ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the, the transition old... is awkward, but the, to I, say the least. I don't think I've ever seen Glee do a fade transition before. Now, uh, it's so weird. It doesn't make. I any feel sense. like Rachel would have run after run after Jesse, but she doesn't. No, he's just he just pieces out. Yeah. Uh, it's, let's talk about Jesse for a second in this episode because that's the last of him. Yes. For the ep, uh, he drinks coffee at breadsticks when everybody else has water. Yep. You, it's easy to notice because they all clink glasses at the end of the scene. Yes. Uh, do you think he has been pre-gaming all day and needs the coffee to sort of perk up for prom? Probably. Maggie, honestly, Jesse's personality, he is definitely doing some kind of drug. Like, yeah. Like, all the time. Totally. Like, all well, the totally. time. So. He's, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Uh, yeah. He just came back from UCLA to, you know, he's he was living it up in that show choir college lifestyle. He partied too hard that he got kicked out. Right. Yeah. Well, and part of it, too, like, I, I, I'm really hoping, and this is weird because I don't really hope things from Glee, but I'm hoping we get any reason why Jesse is here. 
Like, why well, on earth? to see Rachel. Yeah, but we, like... We know that he loves her. Because, but, like, he realized that he should have never followed through on what Idina Menzel wanted to do. But, see, I don't believe that at all. Like, I but have a lot of trouble to. believing that. But we're, the thing is, we're supposed to. Okay. Jesse <laughs> is think. such a slime ball that, like, how I am I know. supposed to believe that he would ever do anything like that for realsies? Um, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like the most genuine he's uh, really ever been is when he was, like, at the very end of his relationship with Rachel. Yeah. When they're, like, dancing together really emotionally. And, uh, he, he like, a lot of things that he says to her just seem sort of to sort of tumble out of him with him meaning to do it. Yeah. Uh, that's when Jesse seems the most genuine. See, I was going to say Jesse seems the most genuine when he's monologuing right before he smushes an egg on her head. So... <laughs> Well, he doesn't even monologue. He just says, I loved you. And then yeah, exactly. the egg thing, which, yeah. like, is it for Idina Menzel? Is that why you did the egg thing? But she wasn't watching. Like, whatever. But she knows. Th- but, like, she sent him to do it because sure. he- Rachel got egged so that she would perform worse. That right. was the idea. Right. Well, well we, can, we can debate this a little later. Let's get to the real meat of this episode. Because we're gonna li- we're gonna find out who the prom king and queen are. Oh yes. Well, I want I wanted to get the Jesse conversation out of the way. Uh, one more thing before we get to prom queen. I know, like I, I just want to make the the listeners horny for it. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like Lee has been doing. You know, hyping episode, it up for like for like yeah. five episodes talking about prom queen, prom queen, prom queen, prom queen. Let's delay it one more time. Sure. I want to talk about Rachel and Jesse's relationship. Okay. How do you feel about Rachel, like, seemingly being interested in Jesse again? Oh, uh, it's... Honestly... Even though he hasn't really proved himself truthful. <laughs> See, that's the thing is, um, like, during the breadstick scene, when she's just eating up all of his bullshit, like, it's just yeah. like, why... I, I think... Why? Might, why are you doing this? I think it's... a rebound from finn like she's so heartbroken or whatever about how finn rejected her that she's willing to she's grasp also, at anything she's but, talked before about how first loves yeah you'd like you do anything for your first love which right. was seemingly like finn, in relation but, to finn but that is not true like she told jesse that she was in love with him before she ever went out with finn true but i think her argument would be something about how she loved finn before jesse came around i don't know it's just whatever yeah so okay but consider okay let's reframe our minds around this for a second maybe she isn't talking about finn maybe that's the writer's intention when they mentioned the like uh the first first love love thing or whatever but it's not the way it reads we know for uh rachel's first love is jesse maybe that's why she's accepting him again like whole cloth with just being like you're a genius. You failed out of college. I love you. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it makes more sense than it makes, it makes pretty sense. much anything else. So, God, it's just sad because I feel like Rachel could do a lot better. Right? But Jesse, I love Jesse, actually. <laughs> I, I am sad that he flunked out of college, but I think it's because he didn't really think he was following some, somebody else's timeline. Sure. You know? Yeah. I, I have a feeling that Jesse is going to be successful doing something. Right. he's just so confident. Well, that's, I mean, I feel like that's what people say about, like, like drug people and, like, what do you mean, crime drug lords people? and stuff. 
Crime lords? <laughs> I don't know. I, do you think Jesse St. James is going to become a crime lord? What are maybe. you saying? No, I, I, you know, I, you just put a gold chain on him. I think Jonathan Groff could pull it off as an actor. That's so. true. The, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it, it makes me feel gross inside because I feel like the people, like, Jesse reminds me of a used car salesman, which is sure. kind of unfair because, like, I feel like there are... Do you just still mistrust him? Yes. Uh, because of... Like, because of what he did. What he, what he did? Yeah. Oh, sure. Like, sure. And, and also, just the way he talks and presents himself yeah. definitely he, comes he off... Yeah, he is kind of slime-bally. <laughs> yeah, he comes off as someone who doesn't know a lot, but pretends to know a lot because it gets him, like, far in life. Well, he has four show choir national oh championships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can't argue with that. So He could have had three and love, but he didn't do it. No, because he, he is ruthless and ambitious, which I can usually get behind, but he's which also a Which is why I ball. support that, like him and Rachel being together. Because yeah. Rachel is those qualities also. Right, that's true. So, let, there, there's more... Like, the reason I'm pushing this off is I have watched the next episode, and we will have oh. more to talk about there. Yeah, I cannot wait. Let's, okay. Let's talk about Prom King and Prom Queen. Prom King and Queen. We need some sort of, like, regal music. Okay. I'll edit I'll it in think right about here. That. Yeah. Okay. Trumpets blaring. So, yeah. Figgins is on stage. Yes. That is not really the vibe that we're getting from this like reading it's, it, there's no trumpets who they they had a trumpet on stage he could have done something whatever right well this figgins is a very is here to announce moment. the ro- yeah. yeah figgins is here to announce the royals uh he may he has some sort of speech about uh something i i wasn't paying attention because yeah. he's, he's like meant to be boring like right. that is his characterization that's how um iqbal theba yeah uh that is sort of his act he's act his acting choice to yes. play Principal Figgins is sort of this deadpan. Yeah, well, we've seen it multiple times. Guy. Whenever he starts an assembly, he always makes some off the wall, like weird announcement that is yeah. normally something that would not be read in like a monotonous way. But he he does pull it off. But so he has this monotonous thing. He announces prom king. It is David Karofsky. Yeah, this is where we see the two extra guys for prom king that we yes. didn't know about before. Yeah. Uh David is happy. He raises his fists in the air and sort of shakes him around. Yeah. Um, the, Santana's reaction is better, though. Yes. Yeah, she turns to Quinn and tells Quinn that she sucks. Um, <laughs> which Here, is, let, me, yeah. let me read the exact quote. You suck so bad, Quinn Fabray. I won. Santana. I mean, I, I feel like Quinn kind of fosters this uh, negative relationship with people. Santana also, obviously, well, but like specifically with Santana, like they have yeah. a certain kind of like rivalry that is really interesting. Yes, they're definitely friends. Like they're smiling, being happy, right? Like minutes from now, uh, but they they do fight about like like the head cheerleadership or head cheerleadership. Yeah. yeah, they're they're rivals in a way, friendly rivals, right? Um, but yeah, she does she does respond that way, and then we find out. Figgins opens the envelope and reads yes. the little card on it to tell us who Prom Queen is. And it takes him a second because, honestly, he probably shouldn't have read it because yeah. it is Kurt Hummel. Then the sound design goes completely silent. Yes. Uh, there is no noise. The silence is broken by a single 
woo yeah. in the back that is attributed in the subtitles as a wolf whistle, which is not correct. <laughs> That's not what that was. Uh, and then uh, a cough, a single cough, which is also notated in the subtitles. Yeah. And then Kurt leaves. Yes. He he runs out and Blaine follows him. Um, so and Blaine yells, Kurt, wait. Yeah. Do we do we want to talk about this yet, or do we want to just get through let's, all this and then let's talk conspiracies at the end? Got it. Okay. So next, we move to Kurt, who is outside in the hallway, crying about the insidious, not outright homophobia that he has just experienced. And then we get two mirrored scenes. Yes. Uh, it is Rachel and Quinn in the bathroom. Quinn is also upset she didn't win yes. prom queen. And then we get Britanna in the choir room. Brittany well, and yeah. Santana. Santana crying because she didn't get prom queen. Yes. The crying queens, as it were. Right. Um, Quinn slaps Rachel in this little introduction as well. Um, and yeah, so they're all crying. Um, yeah, they're all... And we cut in between all of these uh, yes. as the scene progresses. We get some split-screen stuff. Yes. Uh, that is probably the most inventive part of the episode, I think. <laughs> well, uh, it is kind of an obvious way to draw a comparison between these people. Like, we already know that they're the all same. Upset, I guess. Yeah. Well, so- yeah, we, all, we already know that they're all upset about not being queen. And we know that they're... Like, all their reactions do play against one another but that's because you're cutting in between them you don't need to have them on the screen at the same time well my favorite part so the the very specific thing that you're referring to is when they have like the split screen and it like scrolls across all three of them um and it's when all three of them are threatening to leave in one way or another how clever yeah quinn's gonna transfer um santana's gonna join a lesbian colony in new york and or move to tribeca and Kurt is just going to leave. Like he's just not. Yeah, he's just Kurt's not going like, to go back in. Which... I'm, I'm not going in there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I guess Glee does have a history of sort of splitting the screen when having a lot of multi- like a lot of characters on the screen all at once. Yeah. That's true. I... It's just yeah. I. This when... is just yeah. a little bit as even though the smooth across the flip across the screen is smooth. It is a clunky <laughs> choice. Yes. Yeah, um, so then we we break down into each of these scenes. Kurt decides he is going to go through with it to show these people that he can't be broken, yada, yada, yada. Um, Quinn tells Rachel that she's jealous that Rachel has an actual future. Um, Uh, Yeah, she basically is like, you're lucky you don't have to be afraid all the time. And Rachel's like, afraid? Afraid of what? And Quinn is like, oh, the future? I'm... I'm going to be nothing after high school. And Rachel's like, well, Quinn. You're so pretty. You're, you're a very pretty girl. <laughs> you're the prettiest you're very, girl I've ever seen. You're very pretty. And then they kiss. Um, no, <laughs> Actually, Rachel's like, you're very pretty, but you're a lot more than that. Oh. Uh, that's where they kiss. Yes. And then and then we cut to Brittany and Santana where Santana is. What if they did, though? Oh, my the God. The show would be better. Yeah, probably. Um. Santana is, like we're saying, upset, um, and she doesn't understand why people didn't vote for her. Brittany says, you should be, you need to be more open and honest about who you truly are. That way yeah, people, people can tell you. that you're hiding something. Yes. Is basically how, she, like, what she implies. Yes. Um, but then, yeah, Brittany, yeah. Al- uh, Brittany also, um, 
says that uh, she did vote for Santana and that she does support her, which is lovely. Uh, yeah, she believes in Santana. Yeah. I think that Brittany is trying to get Santana to come out because Brittany doesn't want to be dating someone in the closet. I think so. I mean, that makes sense. Like, right. um, but yeah. And then they all get tissues. That's the other thing that draws yes. all three of these scenes together. All at the same time. I just yes. feel like we don't need to see it that many times you know i think there could be a very interesting way to cut it where like santana's blowing into the tissue and we cut right from the like the beginning of the like tissue blowing to kurt talking like moving a tissue away from his face oh, okay you know what i'm saying yeah like, just sort of like snappier edits <laughs> that makes this scene more energized having this like long sort of mournful uh yeah. characters coming to big revel like revelations at the very back of the episode brings it to sort of a an emotional halt for me <laughs> sure well <laughs> speaking of that after they all get tissues and they've all decided to do the thing that they're gonna do um sue lets Artie go because yes. he reveals that he used lemonade to spike the punch just regular lemonade, not alcohol. Yep. It's just um, very, very disjointed from the rest of the scene. Who gives a shit? Um. Yeah. Uh, they really should have, like, finished that probably around well, when Becky told yeah. Sue about, fwi- about uh, Finn and Jesse. Jesse fighting. Yeah. The other thing is F- Sue implies that prom is over now. Um, yeah, she's like, it's 10 p.m. Your prom is over, Artie. You've missed it. And it's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, so like, I guess we, we have to talk about it. Well, let's keep going until we get there. But like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Let's talk about this now. Kurt returns to the He gets stage. coronated. Yes, he gets the crown. Um, Figgins goes through with it. Just the same, like... He just because Kurt came to a realization that he's like I have to go out there and show that these these people that I'm not ashamed yeah and that I'm like strong and powerful yeah and then everyone applauds for him after he makes a comparison to Kate Middleton yeah he's like he says the line eat your heart out Kate Middleton at, Which, with yeah sort of brandishing the, the scepter. scepter yeah uh it is a very um interesting thing when the audience claps because we're supposed to believe that these are the people who who did this as a mean prank right like all the these people yeah did this which like there are a couple people who look a little ashamed of themselves but there's like cheering and people like yeah really excited so i have no idea what what is going I, on it is confusing <laughs> for sure but I think we have a better explanation. We'll get to it. Yes. Uh, Blaine uh, steps in to dance with Kurt uh, well, yeah. when Karofsky bounces. Like, yes. they're supposed to do this um, first king dance and queen thing, yeah. first dance. And uh, Kurt says something to to Dave that is not... I don't like it very no. much. Yeah, he, he tells he essentially tells Dave that he should come out right then and there. Yeah, he's like, this is perfect. Do it now. Make it's a like, statement. Yeah. Like, what? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, so um, the other thing... It seems like a sort of like mad dash to get the attention off of him. Right. Well, and um, also... And also like... Yeah, I mean, we, we've had it established that Kurt is like this kind of like 
crusader of sorts like not <laughs> yes. not to not to like but like what Bert was saying earlier he's like I think you're just doing it to get attention I think Kurt is the kind of person who wants to bring attention to like shitty things that are happening and yeah so I think or he, like yeah or like you know he uh, a, a, a queer crusader as exactly. it were yeah because that is sort of his function as a television character as well right I think it sort of Re- like rebounced back into the writing mentality yeah after he was like this sort of like queer icon on tv right which yeah so um the other thing to note is that the first dance song is dancing queen um oh, by God. mercedes and yeah. santana listen so our dad had come in he he had just gotten home and he was here for the end of the episode and he was like huh it's this is interesting song choice (laughs) yeah my my point was why does santana have a solo what would have happened if she was prom queen no she would have worn the crown oh okay so she she would have sung okay but i'm sure of it she's supposed to dance though maggie is the thing like anyway but she is a dancing queen right you know what i'm saying that is i i she wanted to live that full fantasy that was her goal that's why she wanted to win i guess and also to seduce britney right and also yeah she said something earlier in this crying scene about how like she wanted one night of acceptance if her whole life is going to be terrible because she has to be like she's a lesbian anyway so um yeah which is so sad yeah it is um yeah santana you're very rich you can move away right <laughs> um the other so um the end of the episode let's just finish it up and then we can talk about all of this um there's a montage of the prom photos that people are yes. taking in front of the star it's all the couples except queen is the by dan- herself the dance is cute once yes. it's clean we yes. should say um because it flashes in between the uh the prom photo montage and this dance um it's cute yeah, no, it is. That, shit, um, that shit's cute, man. Of course. Yeah, and so, yeah, so that's that's the end of the episode. Now, let's talk about how buck wild it is. Yes, that yes. <laughs> Figgins, Figgins <laughs> would read, would open an envelope. Okay, this, multiple points. One. The last five minutes of this episode goes so far off the rails, it is insane. Well, like... One, why did they have a write-in option for prom queen? Yeah. Two, why would Figgin why why would Figgins read the name? Why would he read it? If he once kn- you open the envelope and you're like, oh, uh, this must be a mistake. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not a- going to read this. Yeah. Or like be like I'm. Yeah. Just be like I'm not going to read this. It's very obviously an attempt at bullying. Um. Yeah. Because those are your two options, right? Yeah. It's either a horrible prank. Like a horrible, hurtful prank that the majority of your students, I guess, have pulled. Right. Or it's a mistake, which in which in either case, you shouldn't read the name. Um, exactly. Like, what? it's not, this isn't about like a democracy. This isn't no, about no, like no, no, your no, no, no. students getting, to, like, this is, it just, it's so, my only, the only way I could justify this in my head is that I think Figgins must be some kind of like, like, he's not openly homophobic but i think he might be the kind of person sure. who like saw the news about matthew shepherd and wasn't filled with like disgust and horror you know what i mean yeah like that kind of person and so it's just sure I, I don't understand why you would do this yeah it is strange because figgins has seemingly been like i don't know 
see, like maybe an, a good educator and right. like a, an accepting yeah. person, but maybe not. Let's talk about it for a second, okay? Okay. Biggins. Yeah. Um, what do we know about him, right? We know that he did that weird airplane video with the right. socks. <laughs> yes. We know he's religious. Uh, we know that Karofsky came back when he was principal again. Yes. And Karofsky didn't leave when he was principal. That's right. Sue is the one who kicked Karofsky out. So, like, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know. It's, I at, at some point, I think Figgins is supposed to represent not necessarily the... I mean, he's like, sort of reading as a malicious force. Like, right. that he is causing a lot of the problems that we, or at least a part of some of the problems that we see in every single episode of Glee. Yeah, yeah I, I think... I think he's not supposed to come off as, like, an intentionally malicious force. I think he's supposed to represent the, like, attitude of a lot of, like, I, I don't know how to put this, but, like, I don't say middle America. But, like, you know, the, like, people who are indifferent to... A, the, like, the perceived yeah. middle America, I yes. suppose. Yeah, or mostly, the other thing I was thinking is, like, I think he's trying to make everything run. You know what I mean? I think he is not concerned with... The entire picture, I think his main goal is to make sure that the budgets come out, make sure that everyone goes to school, and make sure that everyone, like, you know, the most number of people graduate, but not necessarily have a great school experience or, you know, have a good school environment. Just yeah, make I mean, sure everything gets... We know, yeah, we know he's sort of, like, nationalist leaning because yeah. he did that America speech <laughs> well, to the kids in the hallway. You, were, you remember this. I thought that was part of the, like lie that Quinn and Finn made up about how like Finn had to get saved when he was choking on a gumball. The, the gumball? Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think so though. But no, yeah. So like but that's the thing is I just the thing is he doesn't feel malicious to me. He just feels yeah. indifferent. He feels like an indifferent force that is totally. just trying to make things go. Very Sure. Capitalist. I I can totally yeah. dig it. Um so that's the figgins of it all. Let's yeah. talk. Let's talk a little. Let's dig a little bit deeper. Let us be detectives. Let us unravel this onion. Okay. Blaine of it all. Yes. Let's discuss it. Why well, did Kurt win queen? Yeah. So here's the other thing. It, there was a write-in for prom queen. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you saying? He says something about a like massive write-in campaign. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which... Which like, would mean that he it would it sounds like he's sort of complicit, right? Yeah. In a way, if he knows more, if he knows that there's like details about this being a write-in campaign, yes. Like, what? Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense. And like, uh, yeah. The I mean, I I didn't actually draw any comparisons to Blaine being an evil mastermind in my notes for this one, but like, it's there. You know, it's for there. sure, for sure. But like, okay. yeah. So let's talk about it for a second because Blaine has sort of interesting reactions this episode. Sure, especially once Kurt gets named prom queen. Right. Okay. Uh, back yeah. back in the Bert stuff, right? Like when he agrees with Bert about like Kurt's outfit or whatever. 
is he just say is he just agreeing with uh with Bert to like make Kurt uncomfortable? I we we do have the Sadie Hawkins reason, but yeah. Blaine is a demon. Right. So Well that's so first of all, when Kurt invited him to prom, I was definitely like, Oh, like here comes Blaine with a story about how school dances are terrible and like why would you ask me to do this i have a very traumatic memory um and then um but yeah the bird stuff I mean, he's he's conniving yeah um the bird stuff i don't know i think like honestly it it goes it, it is again one of those things where it makes kurt feel bad because yes kurt is like oh like i thought you of all people would have my back on this um but i know that like you're upset because of your trauma so like i can't be mad at you for it (laughs) i could just sort of suffer yeah exactly um yeah oh god first life is just a a hellish nightmare i love it um Uh, yeah i mean it's pretty intense and it's like so insidious as well yes um the other thing is like so here's the the, like we've been talking about this did blaine make kurt prom queen that is the question we need to ask did so, Blaine do it? Did I he? mean, the the only problem that I see with that is that while it did cause Kurt a lot of emotional trauma and made yes. him very upset, he does kind of come out on top a little bit. Like it seems like he kind of feels yeah okay at the end, which which sort of leans to like Blaine being na- like chaotic neutral yes. about most of about it all, you know, or, or just being bad at evil plans, or he's just inept. <laughs> Like I love that so much. Now that they're out of Dalton, now that they're out of his mind palace, yes. he, his first plan, RL, is just bad. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's like, okay, here's the other thing about this prom coronation ceremony. They just wait. They just wait yeah. for Kurt to like deal with his emotional trauma. They all just stand there. That scene There's no like music. a minute or There's... two minutes long. Yeah, like... It doesn't make any sense. Maybe they're just like chatting. <laughs> they're like, like, oh, you know, we played that good joke on Kurt, huh? Like, <laughs> what? What do you think he's doing out there? You think he's crying? <laughs> oh my god! It's just, yeah. It's like, I, and here's the thing: when it comes to Glee, like, yeah. I understand that Glee was trying to make a point with this episode about how. Bullying doesn't have to be outright. It can also be, you know, like under the table and all of that. But like it's 2018, and like yeah. I'm sure that like this is still this, this is still controversial in some high schools about you know like gay kids like having gay dates and oh no like they exist. <laughs> um, but like I just it's, it was ground. It was I feel like it was pretty groundbreaking at the time. Yeah, or at least like publicized as much. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's part of it. It's like I, I I think it actually was in in watching this episode. I was reminded of watching it back then, and like this was new. This was a new thing. It was different. Um, and it was yeah. it was pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. You know, like well done. If because the casual viewer doesn't know that Blaine's evil, or or that proms don't work this way at all in any way, shape, or form. They, um, I mean, proms don't don't need to work this way. Like. Yeah. You know, like this is television. I think right. it's a good episode. I I actually pretty much enjoyed it. Okay, well um, let's let's hold this real quick because this is very rating esque. Totally. So we need to get so. to the podcast business immediately. Yes, let's just jump right into the podcast business. Well, but it's a metaphor, and metaphors are important. Gold stars are important. 
because gold stars are a metaphor for me being a star. Okay, now we can jump into the podcast business. Perfect. Yes. So, Maggie, I will start with my gold star then. Um, I'm giving it to Brittany. Brittany. Oh, what a good choice. Let's hear some reasoning. Yeah, um, she doesn't... She she turns Artie down, which, I, as I already said, big fan of stomping out that pickup artist bullshit. Um, she supports Santana when Santana is in a vulnerable place in a very sweet way. And in general, you know, like... She's just on point. I love Brittany. I'm splitting my star this week. <gasps> uh, yes, I know. Half is going to the royal Kurt Hummel. Okay. Sure. Uh, because, you know, he uh, he powered through and he got the crown and he turned the situation to him. Like, yeah. He made, it, he made his own fun out of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, my other half... It's going to go to, I think, Santana. Nice. Yeah. That I mean, is where I'm at. Yep. She's also really great. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's part of the problem is that, like, this is another episode where there are, like, two or three people where it makes sense, and then everyone else is not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, Glee does that a lot. <laughs> yes, it's true. You know, where uh, there are a couple main storylines and every single character interaction... It's just terrible. Is, yeah. ...is directed to, to those few storylines, you know? Yeah. Where characters are written well and, like, as... Like, in-character characterization. I know that, like, we're supposed to believe that that's how these characters act, but Emma has changed... So right. drastically from like her original character to now. Yes. Yeah, that's true. How we can't trust Glee. No. Maggie, that's the first rule of our podcast. Never trust Glee. Um so <laughs> next next thing, best number, I picked best Friday. Number. Obviously. Yeah. Do you want do you want to go over all of them? Yeah, sure. So um let's go backwards. So we ended with Dancing Queen. Um, oh man, that that, yeah. that choice. San Sadie saying that one. It was good. It was good. It was a. Ori- it was my original first choice, but then I decided to kick it to Friday because you know. Um, but so the one before that was not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance by Blaine. Yeah, where Blaine did not notice the physical fight happening in the audience because he was so. Yes. Enraptured in his own voice. Yep. Um, and then before that, we had Rachel singing "Jar of Hearts," staring at oh, man. Finn. Full. Full downer. <laughs> yes. Um, before that, we had Friday to open up prom. Um, and then before that one, we had Rolling in the Deep, where Rachel and Jesse proved that they can still sing. And don't forget, Isn't She Lovely? Oh, sorry. I did forget Barty Isn't She Lovely. The proposal song. Right. Where Artie was turned down af- after. So. Right. Yes. So it kind didn't of... work. And it was about a baby, for real. Yes. So, Maggie, what do you think was the best number? That is a good question. You're going for Friday. Um, hmm. I do love Rolling in the Deep. Yes. The yeah. Sort of Jesse Rachel interaction that happens within that song is fantastic. Yep. Sure. Truly, I'm a I'm a big fan. Um, I also don't. I also like. I'm not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance. Yep. Um, it just because uh, you know Darren Darren Chris, I can't deny him. Yes, um, of course. Dancing Queen is a good choice. I think I'm also going to go for Friday. Okay. Nice. Yeah. See, I mean, Maggie, this song, 
needed the redemption, you know? It did, and it it got it, I feel. <laughs> yes, I was listening to it before we started. It was ooh, great way to start. Um, Let's move to the most important piece, the rating. We've already kind of dealt <sighs> with this a bit. Um, I landed on three out of five slushies, mostly because mm. I really don't like the kind of like i just i don't like it doesn't make any sense none of this episode makes any sense no and so that's the reason i didn't like it but i can totally understand after talking about it with you i can see why a lower rating might be in style for this you know because it's so different than the past few that we've been watching that's true that's a very good point it, it embraced the drama yes which we, de- I like. Yes. I, I like when Glee sort of leans in. I, I said it early in this episode. That's when they're doing their best work. Right. I think, honestly, my bigger thing, I don't like Jesse. I sure. don't like Finn, which it's nice they get in a fight, but like <laughs> that means that they have to interact and stuff. It's sort of fun to watch these like two hams just kind of like smack against each other. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, and then the whole, like, prom queen thing just seems so contrived and so, like, like no one questions but this. But perhaps that is the intention. Right, yeah. You I know, mean, like, think about scream queens. That's true. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, hmm. What What was your rating for it? My rating for this episode is one slushy. <laughs> hmm. I might, I think... I think in going over it, I am getting a much higher appreciation for this episode. I might. I'm so glad. I I'm I'm gonna knock mine down to one slushy as well. Hooray! You've changed my mind, Maggie. Which I did it. Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean, I see it. It's the. I think my main thing is I'm just so unsatisfied with glee after the last couple of weeks that i'm just totally so willing to jump on and just hate on it as much as possible but like you're right we need to lean into this like we need to lean into these crazy things (laughs) um it also makes me feel better to think that this was blaine's first nefarious plot um and that (laughs) it backfired on him a little bit yes um i mean to be fair he's not wrong most people would buckle under that kind of pressure, but it turns out Kurt was a little stronger than that. So next time, we'll just have to recalibrate. <laughs> he'll, Gotta... have to, he'll have to, you know, consider that next time. Yes. Um, Which yeah. I think he does. Like, Blaine is kind of a negative force in Kurt's life for a while. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, so Ooh. that's all of the podcast business. That's um, the podcast in general. Yes. So you can connect to us on uh social media and things if you'd yes. like to you know share your thoughts with us we'd love to hear them uh, you can email us at snmhateglee at gmail.com snmhateglee is also our facebook uh like slash and our uh twitter handle yes and um uh you can also yeah with twitter um, we've been doing this thing recently. It's pretty fun. Where after when I post the ep- or post a uh, a notification of the episode, um, we encourage you to let us know who you think deserves a gold star, what you think the best number was, and uh, what your slushy rating is. Um, so just to highlight one of those, uh, Joe tweeted us. We uh, should thank say you very much. we yeah. are always about a week late with right. these. 
because well, yeah, because we, we record, record in advance. Yes. So if it's weird that we always <laughs> bring up stuff that was from two weeks ago, that's because we th- are. That's in the why present. I'm bookending it right here. Hopefully, yes. we won't. This won't be confusing. Yes. Um. But so this is for the uh last episode where we had a, not the most recent one before this, but two weeks ago where Lauren <laughs> uh, revealed Lucy Kabusi. Um, so Joe gave a gold star to Lauren, uh, because of the research on Lucy Kabusi, um, and also, uh, for quote, her unprecedented on glee ability to apologize for doing a bad thing. Um, and then, no, I totally, I dig it. Yes. That is so true. Um, and then the best number went to unpretty slash I feel pretty mashup, mostly because I, I liked it. I, you know, I re-listened to the episode myself, and I agree. Yes, and it was mostly because uh, Rachel and Quinn singing together is just so great. Um, and then the slushy rating was four out of five, um, mostly because Joe said that they were very cross with this episode. Um, yeah, well, sense. who wasn't? We definitely were. <laughs> um, but they, they said uh, the redemption was Lauren's apology and uh, Santana's, quote, got a gay line. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but like like I was saying, if you tweeted us and let us know those things, we'll shout you out on the podcast. Especially um, if you come to us with theories or, uh, you know, your your fun interpretations of the events on Glee. Um also, you know, if you dislike it, we shout out someone last week who was who's who's like, "Hey, rewatching this, this is Buck Wild and crazy," and we we're like, "Yeah, that's that's exactly right." That's why we right. do the podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why we're here. That's why we're hating Glee so publicly. Yes. Um. But next week we're going to talk about season two, episode twenty-one, funeral. Um, yeah. Which. Oh, I've already watched it, and I am not excited. Um, <laughs> you know, but. I can't wait to see what people say about our uh, guest last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. I, ho- I hope we get tweets about it. Um, and, um, you know, if you, if you uh, have any, like, thoughts you want to get on the show yourself, make sure you email us, of yeah, course. definitely. Um, we, we're open to things like that because, you know what? It's fun to have a variation on the form when these episodes are all so monotonous and similar. Yes, and also, you know, we're, we're sad and lonely people, which is why we watch Glee, and it's nice to have people God. to deal with us. Um, anyway, I don't think there's anything else, um, but... No, there isn't. Uh, you can check me out individually at mcar.jpg on Instagram. It's yes. P-E-G... Because Maggie's a heathen and spells JPEG that way. Um, Whatever. It's more fun that way. So, uh, in the meantime, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. From the top. (laughs) 